Welcome to the Acronym Podcast, the only B2B marketing podcast where we don't care about CPLs, MQLs, and SQLs. And instead, I'm going to be sitting down with the industry's top thought leaders, business owners, and entrepreneurs to uncover how they were able to build the confidence to make the leap into entrepreneurship and ultimately break free of those golden handcuffs. I'll also be discussing my own story, scaling a multiple six-figure marketing agency in under 12 months, and hope to be able to inspire the next generation of digital marketers to make that leap into entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Chris Roach. Today's episode, I'm sitting down with Mark Evans from The Marketing Spark, who is an award-winning marketer and author. In today's episode, we'll discuss with him exactly how he made that transition into entrepreneurship and how he's been able to launch an agency, scale an agency that's been in operation for over 14 years. See you in the episode. Hey, Mark, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. I'm really excited to learn from you in this episode. Well, thanks for inviting me. I'm always happy to talk about marketing and entrepreneurship. Yeah, absolutely. We were talking kind of prior to kind of hitting record, and I think for all of the guests that are coming on, all of the uh, marketing agency owners, those that have been in the kind of marketing consulting gig, I think you have perhaps the longest tenure with this. So I'm very excited to to see what we can learn, obviously from from your experience. You know, this isn't your first year of consulting. This isn't your first rodeo with this. So you know, I'm excited to learn. You know, someone that's been in this game for as long as you have. You know, how you've had the success that you have. You know, for decade plus of, of being a marketing consultant. It has been an interesting journey, a lot of ups and downs, uh, pivots, uh, twists and turns, but I will say that it is the best move that I've ever made professionally. I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur. I never thought that I'd run my own yeah. business. I was a very good foot soldier. Um, for many years, I was a newspaper reporter, and I kind of fell into being an entrepreneur and running my own mini agency, um, mm-hmm. and I never looked back. It's been, been amazing. That's awesome. That's where I hope to be in ten years' time. It's, I'm, I'm on. I'm on year one right now. We've just we've just got past year one, so we've had a, obviously a, an explosive year ourselves with the, kind of the first twelve to eighteen months of launching Catalyst. But I hope to uh, you know be in the position that you're in in, in ten years. You know, I, I very much admire what you've been able to accomplish with that. Uh, I'd love to kind of just dive in kind of straight away. You know, a little bit of a, a brief background on you know marketing spark. You know, what is it exactly that you do, and kind of how do you differentiate yourself as a marketing consulting firm? So Marketing Spark focuses on helping B2B SaaS companies exclusively. Um, most of them are less than $5 million in sales. They have product market fit. They have sales. They have customers. They're doing well. They have little or no marketing. So what I've done is I've, I've really niched down. Uh, in some respects, it's like backing yourself into a corner because you're only focused on a certain type of customer and a certain size of customer. But the upside is that I'm very focused, laser focused on who matters to me and the people who fall into my target audiences, they know exactly uh, whether I'm for them or not. So when they look at my, that, so it's all about positioning yourself um, as the option, the best option for the people that you want to do business with. Absolutely. I'd love to kind of dive into that with niching down because that's something that it's a question I get asked when I'm consulting with marketers that are looking to go into this. It's a question I get asked by current marketing agency owners. You know, how important is it to niche down? Do I want to niche in the beginning? My advice is usually to stay a little bit broader, at least when you're starting off. So I'm curious, you know, what dis- at what point did you make the decision where you said, hey, now we're going to go and we're only going to work with these type of companies? That's an interesting question because in the early days, 
as a consultant, particularly the first year, you basically take anything that falls within your wheelhouse, even if you have to stretch yourself a little bit because you need yeah. the revenue, right? And it's in, and I noticed that, that you've been in for a year and I will tell anybody who's thinking about consulting is that you have to give it a year. You have to give it a fair shot. You, you can't straddle the fence between, well, I'm going to go into consulting, but I'm also going to, if a good job opportunity comes along, I'm going to do that too because it, you don't give consulting um, a chance to succeed. So I was talking with somebody who's just left uh, a very high-profile venture-backed uh, company as the head of SEO, and he's saying, "Well, I'm thinking about doing my own thing." And my thing is, do your own thing, but go hard for a year. Yeah. So the first year is the hardest, and it, it, you have no referrals, you have no track record, you have no customers, so you take anything. But as you go along, what happens is two things happen. One is that you start to get a sense of what your skills are. And what you and the places where you succeed, and you you get to get a sense of the type of clients who love what you do. They see ROI. So what you offer, they need. So there's a marriage that happens in time. Mm -hmm. So there's a sort of um, uh, so it's you almost find your product market fit to steal a B two B SaaS term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, I fool around with a lot of things: brand storytelling, digital marketer, digital marketing consultant. Uh, B2B strategist. And, and I rallied around uh, three things, positioning, messaging, and content-driven strategies. Those are the three things that I do. I don't do SEO. I don't do SEM. I don't do um, ABM. Well, I do. I guess I do a little bit of that now. But so I niche down and I niche down. Um, and, I'm, and I'm very clear to people, if you need these type of skills, if you're a B2B SaaS company and these type, these type of skills, I'm for you. We should talk. Yeah. And that's the key to successful consulting and agencies is that you can stand up and say, we are the best choice if you need these type of services, but it comes in time. And it's, it's part, part data. So you look at your sales numbers and it's part feel. Yeah. And it's interesting. You say that there's a 12, it, to me, it's, it's a 12 month inflection point and I've experienced it cause we've just been through it for the first 12 months. We're going out, we're aggressively trying to find clients. You know, we don't really have the referral network set up. We don't have people organically coming to us, you know, as I'm sure you've seen, you know, we've been connected for a while on LinkedIn. Now I'm very aggressive with my content on LinkedIn. I'm publishing stuff all the time. I'm trying to build this personal brand. And it took, I would say six months of publishing content every day before we actually closed a deal from coming inbound because of my LinkedIn. You know, it takes time to build it up. And now we're in a position 12 months later where we don't have to have a sales team because everybody just comes to us and they know about us and we now have these referrals set up. You know, we have the kind of proof of concept, we have the case studies. But for those that are perhaps sat on the fence right now or even those that have maybe been laid off and they're sitting there thinking, right, I want to get into consulting. I want to start my own agency. I know that I have the skill set. It's having that long-term vision to say, Let's try it for 12 months and see what happens. And what what I find very interesting is when people look at it and they say, I'm going to try and match my salary in the first 12 months because it doesn't always happen when you do that. And I don't want to paint this picture of if you become a consultant, you're guaranteed to make a quarter of a million dollars in your first year. That's not necessarily going to happen. So I'm curious from, from your experience, like, would you mind sharing a little bit in terms of those first kind of early years, couple of years with moving from in-house to starting an agency? You know, what was that compensation difference for you and how did you kind of justify that? So at the time, this is late 2008, there's a world credit crunch happens. I'm working for yeah. a VC-backed travel startup. Um, they go from trying to raise $10 million to $5 million to $1 million to merging with another company and they, and they laid me off. So I had three kids, a wife, a mortgage, 
And I was, you know, transparently, I was making probably about $125,000 a year. Um, And I fell into consulting because I got laid off and I said, I I think I went onto Twitter at the time and I said, listen, I lost my job. Somebody pinged me and said, hey, you want a marketing strategy? I said, sure, I'll I'll, I'll do that. I'll create a marketing strategy. And my my goal at the time was to make uh, $75,000 for my... in, that was that's the salary that I wanted to make because I figured with working from home, write-offs, um, you know, uh, all the things that I could, you know, not have to pay for, um, the the fact that I could I could be with my kids because there's there's a value in that, which is mm-hmm. part of doing your own thing is you have flexibility to do what you want. I figured if I could make seventy five thousand um, dollars, that would be good. That would, I could mm-hmm. I could be, I could I could keep my head above water for that. Yeah, um, and. At this, so what the good thing about that is that it actually took the stress off. I, it took the financial pressure off to make a lot of money. So I wasn't out there being super desperate. I mean, I was hungry, like you should be in your first year. But I realized that my number, I set the bar pretty low. Um, and as it turned out, through luck and hustle, I made more than that. And that, and but I think for a lot of um, you know, consult, people getting into consulting, you, you're not going to hit a home run right out of the gate unless you've got an amazing track record, a personal brand. People are are knocking at your door saying, can we can we get you to do some consulting for us? And you have to turn them down because you got a full-time job. If you're one of those people, you just can rock it right away. But for, for the rest of us mere mortals, um, we got to hustle. We got to, you got to build your personal yeah, brand. Yeah. People got to learn to trust you and get a sense of, of what you do and whether you matter to them, which is really important. And the other thing that I will emphasize, it's not just the doing to be a consultant, it's selling. So a lot of people are good at SEO or Facebook advertising or content marketing. They can do it. They got the skill set, but they can't sell. They don't know how to sell. And so when I meet people who say, I want to be a consultant or run an agency, it's like, you got to do both at the same time. Are you willing to do that? Or are you the person that just needs business brought to you by someone else? If that's you, don't go out on your own because you'll probably be unsuccessful. Or do it as a, yeah, do it as a part-time while you have your full-time job. Do it as a, a freelancing, you know, sidekick. I always say my, my, my biggest superpower as a, as a marketer is the fact that I was in sales for five years before getting into marketing. I've been a chief revenue officer. I scaled sales teams. I know how to sell. And I'd come from scaling a multiple million dollar software development agency to getting into now a marketing agency. It was never a question of whether I could find clients. To be honest, at the beginning, it was a question of, I've never managed clients in this capacity. I knew I could do the marketing. I knew I had the talent to do that, but it was the overall infrastructure for me was kind of the biggest uh, question mark because I've never run an agency by myself. I'd had five partners. We were a 25 person team, you know, and I'd been responsible for all the sales and marketing for that. So I knew kind of going into that I had that skill set. But when a lot of marketers come to me now and they say, hey, we want to go out and we want to be able to, you know, kind of emulate what you've done. I want to, you know, make multiple six figures in my first year. First question I ask is, well, you know, how many cold calls have you made this week? Well, not well. Exactly. That's why that those are the difference makers in your first year that a lot of marketers aren't really, I think, aware of. And then secondly, willing to do. And there's not enough marketers really talking about, you know, marketing agency owners talking about how they've managed to do that because everybody wants to paint this picture of I'm a marketing consultant and therefore my online my online brand, my you know personal brand, my online presence, my marketing ability is what attracts people to me. And a lot of the times, it's also a strong sales background as well. I totally agree with you. And one of the things that I think people get 
misled when they see people like you and I on LinkedIn and we're, we're posting and we're commenting. People are thinking, well, that's your lead gen. That's how you drive people to knock on yeah. your door and say, hey, can you help me? There's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes. And for me, it's conversations. So I leverage LinkedIn in a major way, but I'm always looking for opportunities to ping someone and say, hey, do you want to compare notes? Do you want to jump on a call? Looks like you're interested in positioning. Like I'm always selling, like I'm always selling in some way, shape or form. And you've, and that's, but that's the hard part about running an agency or being a consultant. It's a balancing act when you're doing it may not be enough time for selling. So you back off. Right. And when you're trying to sell all the time, you don't do the, you, you may not do the work as well as you should. And that suffers. Mm-hmm. So it's a yeah. constant balancing act to make sure that you're both, you're doing both really well at the same time. And that comes, you know, with experience and, and ha- having systems and methodologies and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I experienced that my, myself in the in the first year. It was, I would say, eight months into launching the agency. We were at capacity, and I stopped selling. I got I got comfortable. You know, I say I got fat. I got I got you know I was fed. I, I felt pretty good about myself. We had a full client roster. We were doing you know twenty twenty five thousand a month, and I, I felt pretty good about everything. So I stopped being hungry. And then next thing you know, we had a client leave. You know, in October. And it was kind of a wake up. I was like, I don't have anybody ready to replace them right now. And luckily, we actually got a referral the same month. It was probably, it was probably about a seven day window from a client telling me they were leaving to a referral actually coming in and ended up the month cash flow didn't actually change. But to me, that was an enormous alarm bell. I was like, I've got to have backup plans on backup plans ready because if all my clients were to leave tomorrow, I want to make sure I've got a stacked pipeline ready to go. And that's when I started really investing back into kind of the, uh, the pipeline generation and that sales approach. And I found a lot of content that I produce on LinkedIn, it doesn't necessarily attract new business to me, but it absolutely closes potential business for me. When people connect with me who are interested in working with Catalyst, or if I've had a conversation with them, then they connect with me, then they see the content on LinkedIn. That to me has been almost the the secret weapon of leveraging content to close deals. Yeah, I mean, the the thing about sales is multifaceted, it's multi-angled, right? So for me, it's a lot of LinkedIn, but it's also my newsletter, it's also my podcast, it's appearing on podcasts like this. So you're, you're always working the angles. And, and the one thing I will say is that as a agency or marketing consultant doing marketing, you've got to pick your lane. Like you can't spread yourself too thin. So you can't be everywhere because that's not where your target audience and and you may not have the resources to be everywhere. So I'm very, very focused on the marketing channels that I think work for me. You get tempted you know, by things like TikTok, which I'm experimenting with a little bit. I just backed yeah. off of Twitter because I didn't see the ROI and it, it was just taking too much time and it's fairly toxic these days. So I'm primarily LinkedIn, newsletter, podcast, and then lots of outreach, lots of conversations, not cold outreach. It's all semi-warm, but those are the ones that I think drive my business forward. And it, and a lot a lot of what you do as a, as a consultant is time management. Like the, the more that you're organized, the better systems you have, the more efficient you are. And it allows you time to sell and do and do business development and spend time with your family and all the things that matter to you. Well, that's what I, I was actually curious and I wanted to ask you because I looked on the website. You've got the newsletter. You've got blogs. And it's not like a blog is sitting there and they're not coming out regularly. I've seen a bit onto your blog. You're still producing blogs very regularly. You've got the podcast. You've got the newsletter. You've got your personal brand on LinkedIn. You've got a book on Amazon. You're, you're going on guests on podcasts. How do you structure your time around producing content? Because you are a content machine. I mean, you're everywhere with that. How do you structure that? And how do you prioritize and look at that and say, hey, this is the largest ROI channel for me. And then have the bandwidth to test TikTok and then have still the bandwidth to have a 
you know, personal life at home, to spend time with your children, to spend time with your wife, your family, and, and be able to actually then manage your clients. You know, how big is the team? Like, what is kind of your schedule look like with that? Uh, well, I'm a one man band, so I don't I don't outsource a lot of my content. I just don't think people can deliver the insight that I have. I've tried. I've tried, you know, Fiverr and Upwork and that kind of thing. Uh, I wish I, I wish I had a system. There are people out there who have a system and they block all their LinkedIn posts and they write them on Sunday afternoons and they just schedule them throughout. Um, I think I'm probably not the best example in the world because I'm a writer by training. I spent 15 years as a newspaper reporter, so I know how to write Yeah, and I know how to write quickly. Now, not to say all my writing is, is Hemingway or anything like that. Um, yeah, but, yeah. but it's, 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 it's good. And, and I'm, I'm trained as a storyteller. So I'm always looking for, for, for ideas. But I think the one thing with content is my, my tip to anybody who's writing content is it's all about idea capturing. So everything you read, everything you hear is all about what kind of stories can I tell in, 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 um, relation to that or, or in reaction to that. So I have a, a Google folder where I keep all my ideas and I write down everything. Some, some, some posts just come out right away. Um, some are just words or just paragraphs and things like that for videos. Uh, if I have a really good idea, just record it, you know, just, I mean, I think I'm not to say that, that this is the way to go, but in this day and age, good enough is good enough. Right. I mean, as long as you're, as long as you've got value to, to add it, your production qualities don't have to be super high. If you've got something to say, you've got a point of view, you've got a really interesting idea, then share it, share it on LinkedIn, share it on a video, share it in your newsletter. You know, a lot of people. You know, they wait and they polish and they're afraid to put it out there. And I think the only way to really learn what resonates is to actually publish content and 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 then monitor the stuff that make, gets a reaction. And then you just do more of that. Um, so for me, I wish there was better systems, but I think I just sort of embraced the sort of the Nike mantra of just do it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's advice I give clients and CEOs when they're looking to create personal brands. I'm like, just ship it. You, you need to put it out there because you've got to figure out what's going to work and if you're a digital marketer and you're looking to start your own agency you know maybe you're not as comfortable on video because i think building into video is usually the other way a lot of people will go not everybody has the confidence to go on and say hey i'm going to sit there and produce videos i know when i first started my videos were brutal it took me a long time to build that confidence to be able to you know feel a lot more comfortable on podcasts on videos you know sitting there with kind of the tiktok style it does take time to build that whereas the text ones you can absolutely you can sit down an afternoon you can schedule them you can write them you can find a couple of hours um you know throughout the week where you're just going to sit down and kind of block off that time to be able to do that and if the thought does come to you tweet it put it on linkedin you know whatever else you know feel it, it doesn't have to be this amazingly structured approach especially when you're starting off and for me the advice is it's all about it's all about setting manageable expectations and achievable goals. If you sit there and say, hey, I'm going to produce a podcast every day for the next 365 days, the chances of you doing that are going to be relatively slim. But if you say, hey, I'm going to do one a week, one a month, set those realistic expectations because it's all about consistency with any content. You're never going to have a one hit wonder and suddenly have one you know, post that you do and then suddenly 10 clients are going to come in. It's all that compounding goodwill you're building up with the educational content that you put out there but you have to be able to do that for six to 12 months in order to see any kind of returns yeah exactly i mean there's a guy uh, in the in the valley paul graham who's very well known and he does one newsletter a month that's it but he has a huge following because he has established expectations in terms of when you're going to hear from him so you're right it is about consistency you know putting that podcast out every so often writing on linkedin pretty much every day um, the one thing that I, I will circle back on is video and it's, 
it's probably something that I should have embraced earlier because the video allows you to um, personalize your brand. It allows you to get your face front and center because people buy from people, especially when you're running a small agency or a small uh, consulting firm. They there's lots of people who do what you do, but if they if you if they like you, they you look like a good person. They like the the you know the tone of your voice. They like the way that you present yourself. Then it's a great way to build trust and authenticity, and that will maybe spark a conversation. If you're just hiding behind words, you know, pumping out blog posts all the time, yes, you can be effective, but I think video is a very, very effective tool. And this day and age, you can make a video for LinkedIn. You can you can post it on TikTok. You can put it on Twitter. So one video can be a lot of places. You can put it on your website. Uh, so I would I would go, I would really try to see if you could leverage video to put your face out there so that you can build brand affinity. And the other thing that I will say, I mean, I, I do a ton of video content, as you know, from TikTok and, and LinkedIn. And what I find is that when I get onto a sales call with someone, they immediately, when we get on the call, they relax because they know me. They know the face. They've seen the content. And I know they've been the content. They've liked content. They've you know, they come in. They've, they've mentioned it on, you know, how do they hear about us? And when they come onto that first sales call, there is just a, there is a certain expectation and certain comfortability that they have with me because they feel like they know me i have no idea who a lot of these people are when they first come in you know just to be truthful when they when they come in and it's a vp of marketing who maybe i've connected with a couple of times and they haven't been producing content i don't have that same relationship with them but they come onto the call and you can see them just go hey how are you it's it's, it's nice to find it's nice to finally meet you as if it's like some long time coming and when you build that content and you build that trust like you say people can buy into you and your story and that's a very powerful element to build of your business especially if you're going more of this solopreneurship one-man show come work with me personally rather than hey we're a 50 million dollar agency come work with us because you know we do this and with the lowest cost when you're a consultant people want to work with you directly and that allows you to build that trust and that brand absolutely and i think that as i said earlier people buy from people you know mm -hmm. we don't buy from these sort of uh conglomerates or these unknown entities and if they like you and they trust you and they know and they see what you write and they see what you say and they they say this person is smart they've got some great insights uh, i want to at least you know see if i can t tap into their knowledge the one thing i will say about conversations is be open to all kinds of um opportunities and all kinds of conversations so there's lots of people will be tire kickers um they'll try to get uh or they'll ask you for advice or they'll ask you for you know jump on a free call i do it all like you never know what's going to happen when you talk to somebody. And, and often my best uh, sales opportunities come from not to the person directly, but the people they know in their networks. So if you come across as being helpful and a good person and being friendly and generous, then that builds goodwill. So when they find people who need the skills that you have, it's this sort of network effect that, that happens in, in the real world. And so I just position myself as someone who's got a lot to say, someone who's willing to share. And if you want to ping me, hey, listen, bring it on. I'm, I'm happy to talk to anybody. And I think when you're, when you're starting off, you have to have that mentality. There's no such thing as a bad sales call with that. And you know, we, we have it now. We had a client that signed this month that was a referral from somebody that I'd offer advice from. They posted in a Slack community. They were looking at advice at working with a Series C <laughs> company. I said, hey, I'm happy to jump on 30 minutes. We weren't a good fit for what they were looking for. 
But then they referred somebody two months later who then was a great fit. And we know we have that kind of referral network now set up. Like there's no such thing as a bad call when you're first starting off. The only caveat that I would say to that is you do have to be a little bit careful with your time management. I personally will block off like Friday afternoons, for instance. I'll sit down with a lot of marketers. and that, That's more of my conversational style you know i'm not trying to necessarily i don't have an agenda i'm not trying to get anything out of it it's more what i would call my networking is what i'll do on friday afternoons because i can just block that off i can have six or seven calls back to back and that allows me to continue to expand my network and build real relationships outside of just commenting or liking on linkedin the one thing i do want to talk to you about is the idea of packages as part of the sales process so as a consultant if you're a digital marketing consultant and someone approaches you and says, what do you do? Well, I do digital marketing. I do content marketing. I yeah, do yeah. social media. And they really don't have a sense of what they, they have a sense of what you do, but not how they can buy from you. And so one of the things that I would advise people from a sales perspective is after you have that conversation, um, you know, after you sort of establish that relationship, um, what I would do is I, sell, I have three packages or four packages that I can sell. You can buy package A for X, you can buy package B, package C, or we can do some custom work because you want to make the buying process as simple as possible. You want people to, mm -hmm. to look at the packages or whatever you're selling. I want that. You know, it's like going to a diner, you know, yeah. if you, if you go to the diner and there's only six choices, it makes, it makes ordering really easy because it just breaks, boils down the ocean to things that you want. So packages is one thing. And the other thing that I would stress is methodologies or processes. So people want to know what they can buy from you, and they also want to know how you work with them. So what, what's the journey that you're going to take them on? When we start a relationship, it's going to start with this, and then we're going to move to this, and then we're going to move to this. So in my business, for example, I always start with positioning because I want to get that customer story. I want to understand you know, what do you do, who do you serve, why does it matter to them, and how are you unique, better, or different? And then from there, we'll develop your messaging, and then from there, we'll do strategy, and then we'll tack will do tactical execution. So they know that there's a plan of attack. I'm not making this up as I go. So you combine your, your packages and your methodology. And it's a very powerful one to um, sales and marketing um, combination. And it makes buying yeah. easier. And that's as a consultant and as an agency, that's what you want. You want to make it so easy to, for people to go, yes, I, I, want, I want to work with you. Um, yeah. But if you make it difficult or confusing, then there's other people who will steal your business. We're going to oh, take yeah. a quick moment to pause this episode and thank our sponsors. First, we've got the first sponsor, which is True Classic, the clothing company. As you all know from all of my content, I've been wearing True Classic for the last 18 months, and it truly is the staple of my wardrobe. What I find is that a lot of the clothes that I buy previously were all too baggy. They didn't fit right. The best part about True Classic, not only is it incredibly soft, but for those of you that have broader shoulders, that have larger arms, who just tend to be a little bit more athletic, the fit is absolutely amazing. It makes you look great. And a lot of people call these really the push-up bras for guys. I can tell you, when you wear these t-shirts, you look good. If you're interested in trying True Classic, there's going to be a link in the description of this episode. This can be my personal link, or you can go to trueclassics.com slash thechrisroach. Go ahead, check out the store. I guarantee you, you will not be sorry if you start wearing True Classics. If you do end up purchasing them, please let me know what you purchased. I'm curious to hear feedback. 
Moving on to our second sponsor, which is the Independent Marketer, which is an online course and community that I've created to be able to teach digital marketers how to go out and break out of the golden handcuffs and ultimately launch either their own freelancing career or build it into their own digital marketing agency. In the description, there's going to be a link to that course. And as a thank you for listening to this podcast, there's going to be a special $100 discount on that course as well. If you do have any questions on that, please feel free to reach out to me directly or shoot me a message on LinkedIn. Back to the episode. So talking about the packages, Mark, you know, you talked about the way that you can build into packages to offer to potential clients. As someone that's starting off, this maybe seems like a lot. And, and how important is it to create these packages? And how long should you be spending creating these packages when you don't have any customers? Or should this be something that you figure out as you go? Because to me, there's a lot of people that are going to sit there and they're going to they're going to procrastinate and they, well, I don't have my packages ready. So I can't possibly go and message somebody on LinkedIn because I don't know how to sell. So how much of that can you learn as you go and how much should you be setting up in advance? I, I think you're always working on the business. You're always trying to figure out how to make the business more accessible and, and more attractive. But you're right at the beginning, what you want to do is you want to identify your skill set. So I'm really good at doing this. So for example, I'm really good at writing content. And so the, the things that I will, I can do for you is I can write blog posts, LinkedIn posts, eBooks. Um, I can do copy for infographics. I can write video scripts. So you, you do all the things that you can, how the different ways that you can serve clients. That's the best way to start. So they can look at your menu and I would recommend don't do everything, but say, listen, I do these eight to 10 things. And so it makes it easier for, for someone to say, oh, you're a content writer. I need that. And I need that. So that's the way to start. Now in time, what you can do is you can package up your, I can write a blog, I can write blog posts, take that, write LinkedIn posts and do Twitter posts. And that's my package. That's my content marketing package number A, but that will come in time as you get a feel for, for what people want to buy. So you may come out of the gate with eight to 10 things that you sell and you may end up only off, like basically selling three or four things. That's your sweet spot. Suddenly you, you've, you've narrowed down your focus. So you're, you're, I'm a specialist at doing these four or five things. But the one thing about running a business is, as I said, you're always working on the business. You're always tweaking it, repositioning it, um, taking advantage of opportunities. Sometimes you change directions completely. It's, it's never set it and forget it. That's just not the way it goes. Because what you did last year can be different from what you're going to do next year because of market conditions change. Customers want different things. So accept the fact that the business is going to evolve, but it always goes back to what you're good at. And if you can um, leverage your your skills and your expertise uh, and and use that to make customers happy, do great work, that's going to underpin your business as you go forward. That's, it's just fundamentals of running a business. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and 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 try to avoid doing things that, that are out of your wheelhouse, because what happens is you won't be successful. You'll disappoint your customer. You won't get referrals. You'll maybe get a bad reputation. And it's not worth it. It's just it's not worth the effort. Just focus on your lane or lanes. Uh, and do as good a job as you can. And, and happy customers are the best marketing and sales you could possibly have. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's, I think, something that a lot of people run into when they first start is kind of like you said at the beginning, you know, when you're in your first year, you want to take any project you can because you got to replace your income. And it's very difficult. And I know I, I made that mistake when I first started. I, I ended up white labeling for another, another marketing agency the first 
I don't know, six weeks of going out on my own. Worst decision I ever made because it wasn't a good fit. I didn't align with the way that they wanted to do marketing. And I wanted to be the one setting strategy, not just the one that's doing the execution, especially when I disagreed with the strategy. So after 10 hours, I said, you know what? This isn't for me. And I turned them away as a client. And that following month, we went on and brought two more clients on, which was a much more successful experience not only for me and the work that I was doing but also in just then the client experience that they were having so when you are going through that you know how difficult is it to say no to projects and what would your advice be to someone that who maybe let's say somebody is a digital marketer they specialize more in the paid advertising side and someone comes to them and says hey can you do SEO and blog writing and you're thinking I can I'm not great at it, but I probably could, and I could definitely give it a go. You know how how important is it to to? I guess what's what's your thought process there? Yeah, that's a that's a hard one because it's it's when you need to make some money and someone offers you money, it it's hard to turn them down in the early days. And sometimes, like I think if you're if you're okay, if someone came to me in the early days and said, "I need you to do SEO for me," there's no way. I had no skills. I had there's yeah. no way I could have learned it early on. But if you if you want to stretch yourself a little bit. If it's not a big stretch, then my advice, and it's probably, I don't know if it's the best advice, is just go for it. Like essentially go for it. Like I'll tell you a story in my early days. Someone came to me in my early days when I first started and they asked me if I could do a marketing strategy. I'm, I'm a writer. Like I, I didn't know how to do a marketing <laughs> strategy, but I said yes. And then yeah. you know what you did afterwards? I went onto Google and I said, how do you do a marketing, you know, B2B marketing strategy? And I, and, and in hindsight, when I look back at that work, it was terrible. It was awful. Yeah. It was, it was a terrible marketing strategy. So I, but you fake it until you make it. And if, as long as it's, as long as you're trying hard and as long as it's sort of kind of what the client wants in the early days, you can probably get away with it because your contracts are going to be fairly low. You, you're, yeah. you probably have small contracts. And so it's not a, a big financial pain if you don't do an amazing job. Um, but you know, faking it till you're making it is actually is actually the way it goes for a lot of consultants because you don't know what you're good at yet. You don't have your packages. You don't know what people want to buy from you. And and some people come to you and go, "Listen, can you do that?" And it's like, "Absolutely, I'll do that." So yeah, you know, there's there's latitude, but it's like like you you will get a feel for whether if your spider sense says there's no way I can do this, then listen to your gut. Like seriously, yeah. just walk away and say, "Listen, I'd love to help you, but it's really not what I do." What happens when you say no to someone is that it builds up your credibility because it's really rare for someone to say, no, I can't, I can't take your business. I'm, I, I'm good at this, but I'm not good at that. That person who may have wanted to hire you may turn around and someone in their network will say, hey, I'm looking for these skills. I just talked to someone. They turned me down, you know, but mm -hmm. you build – actually, you, you validate um, your credibility. And that's, a, that's so important to be, to be honest and to be credible as a consultant or agency. It, that's one of the most ingredients for, for success. You know? Especially in the agency space because it doesn't matter what agency industry you're in, everybody has a story where they've been burned by an agency. Mm -hmm. We have it now. Your clients come to us and like, hey, you know, we want to work with you, but we're just a little nervous about working with an agency because we've done this, this, and this. And it's, you know, there is that level of, there's often a lack of confidence from being able to work with an agency. There are obviously some very bad agencies out there that are burning people. So if you can have that credibility where, listen, talk to our clients, talk to the clients we've worked with. And if you're, if you're, if you're very early on, 
saying, listen, talk to talk to somebody in my network. You know, I'm happy to do this as a project basis on a 30 day rolling contract. You can get rid of me at any. If you're not happy, worst thing, worst situation, I'll discount the first month and we'll get you in and we'll build that confidence and we'll build that trust. You know, get somebody in where you can deliver because if you can do good work in this industry, you can very much separate yourself very early on because there are a lot of horror stories out there and a lot of agencies that are taking advantage of people that maybe have that lack of understanding and it may not be as common in B2B SaaS, but when you think about a lot of these mom and pop shop, a lot of these more retail businesses that are outsourcing paid ads, outsourcing marketing, outsourcing SEO, they don't have the technical expertise to be able to really vet somebody. So they have the horror stories. And if that's who you particularly want to go after, there's nothing wrong with going after those kind of clients. That's where having that very strong reputation can be really, really important. Yeah, the one thing I will say when there's a lot of hesitancy about hiring somebody new who doesn't have a track record and someone takes the leap of faith and they say, hey, Chris, we will hire you. My hack is look for quick wins. Ask them what their mm -hmm. biggest pain points, the ones that are low-hanging fruit. And as a, as a consultant, if you can attack those first, if you can you know, solve their problems, make things better, optimize their website, for example, um, that builds confidence right away. And then all of a sudden yeah. their hesitancy disappears and you're on your way. So it, there's lots of little things you can do to make uh, customers more confident. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, Mark, I, I've really enjoyed kind of this conversation so far. We are coming up kind of on our, our time here. So there's two last questions that I, I do want to ask you. Um, first and foremost, you know, there's a lot of marketers that are listening to this who are looking at starting their own business, they're starting their own agency. Maybe they are, you know, mid to late 20s. Maybe they're later on in their career and they're just deciding that, you know, that they don't want to be an in-house marketer anymore. What's the advice you would give to somebody who is looking to start that maybe has a little bit of that imposter syndrome, a lack of the confidence to break out on their own, and isn't really sure that they can see this as a long-term kind of 12-month investment for them? Well, one of the ways you can, you can test a market is doing a side hustle, is offering your services on the side while you have a full-time job. So that's one thing. But the, if it's in you, if you think you've got skills that people want to buy, uh, then off it's just a leap of faith. You know, entrepreneurship is is like going to the lake right and you're ready to go dive into the lake but you know it's cold and someone taps you from behind and you fall into the lake and at first it's shocking because the water's cold but then you you swim around and you get comfortable so it's often that that leap isn't as far as you think it is right it's not you know from and and what's the and the other thing is what's the worst that could happen absolutely you know the worst that could happen is if it doesn't work you don't make it like you you know you scramble financially a little bit and then you get a full-time job Right. If you're young and you've got a long, you've got low obligations, financial obligations, and you've got a long runway in front of you, mm -hmm. take a chance because the the learnings that you'll get will be invaluable as you go forward. Yeah, I think it's a, to me it's a career hack. I think if you're mid twenties and you're looking at doing this, the the way the amount you can accelerate your learning and understanding of marketing as a practice by doing this because of how many clients you work with, there is no company. In the, in the world that can replicate those kind of learnings than you going out on your own. And that's the advice I get. Anyone that's looking to start that's a little bit nervous of it, it just there, there really is very little downside potential, other than potentially a couple of months where you're not making as much. And, and if you're not doing that at that point, you know, maybe go and pick up something on the side and figure it out until you know what you want to do. Yeah, and if you if you've got if you haven't got a lot of financial obligations, if you haven't got you know have family to support, then the amount of money you need to to keep your head above water can be very low. You need one client, yeah. two clients to do it, and as you go, you'll gain momentum. But 
I don't want to be a, like a cheerleader. Everyone should be an entrepreneur because it's not for everybody. It, you know, there's lots of people who should just be employees, but it is an amazing way to make a living. The, the work life, you know, uh, uh, flexibility, the ability to be the master or mistress of your own domain uh, is invaluable. And I would, I would, you know, and I would encourage anybody to at least explore being an entrepreneur if you think you've got it in you. Yeah, absolutely. My, my thing is you don't know until you, until you try. And that's the biggest thing. Everybody thinks they have it in them and, and not everybody does, but you'll never know if you don't at least try at some point. And to me right now, beginning of 2023 is the best time to start a consulting firm because so many companies are looking to lower the cost of working with marketing teams by outsourcing. So there is no greater opportunity than right now to start that. Well, Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure. I wish we had longer. Um, I know we're coming up on kind of our time here. The last question is, you know, where can people find out more about you? How can they get in contact if they do have any questions? Uh, and where can they learn more about your business? So website is marketingspark.co. I wish I had .com, but I've got .co for now. If you do a search for on LinkedIn for Mark Evans, Fractional CMO, you'll see me there. So if you make a connection request, tell them that you heard me on the podcast. Uh, that would be great. And if you go to Amazon.com, I just released the second edition of my book, Marketing Spark, which is really a do-it-yourself marketing guide for entrepreneurs. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll be sure to share all of those links in the description. Really appreciate you coming on and uh, you know, appreciate your time as always. It's a pleasure talking with you. Likewise. Thank you for inviting me. It's been great. And that concludes this episode. If you have any questions, please head into the comments where you'll find all of the available links. If you have any questions on our sponsors, all the links will be in the description. Please stay tuned for the next episode. Mm -hmm.